Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. It is Friday, Friday, October 11th. I am your host here, Mark Hogan, alongside my co-host, Derek Randall. Derek? Hey, good evening, Mark. All right, so super late podcast here. We're going to try and get it through real quick. We apologize, guys. We've been pretty sporadic over the last couple of weeks. Just things have been super busy between me and Derek, so lining up our schedules has been relatively challenging. Um, hopefully we get back on a more consistent schedule soon, but uh, it's just been a pretty pretty busy uh, September, October here for us outside of uh, fantasy football, of course. Derek? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't be much busier right now. But uh, you always got to make some time for some fantasy football. Cool. All right, so how about we're going to go ahead and just recap last week, and then we'll go into this week as well and preview everything that's going on here. Um, pretty awesome week last week. It was nice to, uh, nice to get ahead. Um, I think, I think I played Derek here, right? Played you? Yeah. I mean, we might as well just jump right into battle of the (laughs) co-hosts. What'd you think about our matchup here? Uh, my team sucked. I mean, I put up 91 points. Uh, the trade right now that I made with Caleb that everybody freaked out about has really come back to hurt me quite a bit. Um, Devontae Adams played that one game and then he didn't play last week when I needed him and he's not going to play this week either. So, um, that hurts. It, it left me pretty thin at wide receiver. And I also had my defense put up negative points, which we talked about previous show. Uh, the whole defensive scoring in this league is pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it too. I obviously had, I had the bears defense and they, in this league, they still only put up three points. Now, they didn't obviously have their best game, but um, I wonder what that difference is between a normal league. I forget off the top of my head here and comparing it to other ones, um, but I'm sure there's a, there's a pretty big point discrepancy yeah. there. Um, moving forward, though, just kind of looking at, um, looking at your team, obviously, here, you had uh, Julio, who didn't really – I mean – what that was a fifty-three to thirty-two game, and he put up seven point two points. Yeah, pretty weird. Pretty um, pre- I, I I don't really know how to explain what happened with Julio there. He just kind of disappeared from the game. Um, hopefully, it sounds like this week he's poised for a big bounce back matchup against the Cardinals. Still short Patrick Peterson, so uh, I'm really hoping for that. Well, I know exactly what happened. Calvin Ridley ended up getting all the all the attention, all the all the love there, putting up a twenty point uh, game. But I mean, even even with twenty points, that's still you know when they put up thirty two points, that's still like where where did all that come? Like where where did all that come from? We'll just. Look ahead a little bit here. I mean, Nick Chubb, again, he wasn't going to put up another 33-point game, only 11 points on his end. Um, I got to say, man, you've been, you know, Jacoby Brissett, obviously you're a bit of a, a Colts fan here. He's good, right? But he's not really fantasy good, only putting up 10.9 points. He looked pretty good in that game, right? And the Colts running game was just on fire, so they didn't really have to go through Brissett that much. But 
Um, I'm still worried about his fantasy perspective moving forward. You know, I think he's a good quarterback and a decent game manager in real life, but um, I don't think he's, you know, going to have a whole lot of 20, 30 point games here. I'm not worried. Um, That was his only bad performance yet this year. And the Colts came out there and beat the Chiefs. They knew exactly what they needed to do to win against the Chiefs, and that's control the clock. And they were able to do it. The Chiefs cannot stop the run. So what was most important to that team is winning. And the only way it seems to beat the Chiefs is to either outscore them, which is nearly impossible to get in a shootout with them and do that, or to control the clock and hope they make a mistake, which they did. So I think that was more dependent on – the coaching, the phenomenal coaching by Frank Reich in order to get the win there than anything that has to do with Jacoby Brissett. Well, I mean, look at Jacoby Brissett weeks one through four. Week one, 16.5 points. Week two, 16.3. Okay, so week three against Atlanta, he got 21. And week four against Oakland, 22.5, right? But, I mean, that's like his ceiling. Um, You know, I really don't see – I see – again, I see him as a good player. I think he'll continue to do well for the Colts, and um, I don't think there's going to be any kind of quarterback controversy there anytime soon. Um, but with that being said, I'm, I'm not seeing him light it up like some of these other guys uh, out there and um, giving you 20, 30 points every single game. You can't necessarily rely on him. No, I mean, no questions asked. He's not a top five QB. He's certainly not Deshaun Watson. No, he's, he's, he's a, a QB <laughs> – Top 15 QB. Who uh, put up 42 points against you this week. Yeah, I was very thankful that you made that trade with Jimmy and in doing so decided to bench Will Fuller. Um, yeah. Turns out it didn't matter. But how did it feel to have 54 points sitting on the bench? Oh, it sucked. You know, there's no points for us in this league. And I got the win. So... Uh, it doesn't really bother me too much. It's a little bit lower, so it could hurt me in the stand. Not gonna, you know, be too upset about it here. Um, I was, it was just a little unlucky that Sammy Watkins ended up, you know, pulling a hammy towards the end of the weekend and uh, not feeling it into the Sunday night game, but. Um, end of the day, I feel good about Will Fuller moving forward. So it's only good for my team, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Sammy Watkins moving forward is a bench. And Tyreek Hill was probably back this week. So yep. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about, uh, talk about my good. upcoming matchup and go into that a little bit more too. But um, I think it's time to probably move on here to, uh, to our next matchup. All right. Uh, Why don't we move about... over to – Go ahead. Let's do uh, Kuhar and Andres, technically the uh, the toilet bowl here. Cool. Battle of a one and three team. Or one in, what was it? Yeah, one and three versus 0 oh and four. And Andres came out. Congra- Congratulations, Andres. You got, his, you got your first win. <laughs> With a whopping score of 119. Yep, 119 to 100. But, you know, hey, win's a win, like I just said. So, um, kudos to Andres. Nice, nice job here putting together a W and um, slowing Kuhar's uh, streak of one game down. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with these two teams moving forward. I think, 
if we just look at the uh, matchup real quick, um, you know, at least Kuhar is like trying to trying to work in it, into it here, and he's got Saquon coming back, so I think he's still in a pretty good spot um, to win a couple more games here for the rest of the year. But that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got Saquon coming back, so I mean, then that'll shore up his running back core of Leonard Fournette and Saquon Barkley. Um, and then Mike he Evans. has Hunter Henry. Oh, huh? Mike Evans, zero point. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going. Like, I don't really know what's going on there in Tampa Bay. It it just seems like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are just back and forth um, more often. Chris Godwin than Mike Evans. Yeah, yeah, I, I think God. I mean, here's the thing. I, I was I was concerned about these um, the, this matchup here against the Saints cornerbacks, and um, I, I did look back at it. It is um, the Saints that Evans does have trouble with. Um, so for okay. whatever reason, they've they've got his number, um, and 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 that's one thing to you know just keep an eye on moving forward, especially when you start seeing some of these upcoming divisional games. You know, take notice to players' past history. Don't take too much stock into it because teams change. But if it's been the same personnel in the past going up against that player and the same results start coming out, you know, you have to think that, you know, they have some sort of edge on him on the field or know his game or know something when they see it on tape that triggers them to be able to really shut a guy like him down. So, um you know, just keep keep an eye on that with the Saints moving forward, specifically with Mike Evans, and you know, in general, you know, um, get a feel for it for any other players out. Yeah, I mean, Mike Evans, he's despite the the goose egg, he's still a surefire wide receiver one. Uh, Kuhar, if you ever listen to this podcast, which I doubt you ever do, do not bench Mike Evans. No, no, I would never bench him, but. Uh, you're certainly going to have some up and down games. Yeah, more often up than down, but I mean, clearly, clearly, this is as low as it gets—a zero. And looking over at the Patriots fan club here, um, George Kittle, yeah. Kittle really led the led the way here. Um, outside of that, though, it's still not a. I mean, Julian Edelman, obviously, but he's just you know week week to week, he's one of one of the few guys you can rely on on. Uh, Andres' entire team. Yeah, which we'll get into when we move into upcoming matchups because Andres' team looks a hell of a lot different now. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be um, going to be interesting to see what he uh, what happens with this team moving forward. I th- I, th- I think um, he made a lot of crazy moves there. Um, it looks suspect on the surface, but at the end of the day, like his team wasn't doing anything. Um, he didn't really see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I think, you know, he was just looking to completely shake it up and just have a completely different roster. Yeah. Clearly something had to change for him. Um, and I respect going out and making moves. I just think for the guys he gave up, he could have gotten more. Yeah. I agree Um, with that for sure. And I, I feel like Andres didn't do enough to get another piece, like an extra piece. A lot of the deals he made were, you know, two for two or one for, you know what I mean? Like they were, he needed to get that extra player. How about, how about we just take a look at, well, let's look at the exact trades he made here. All right. Um, let me go to, 
go to recent activity real quick. And I think it was two trades, right? And one yeah. of them was like Kyler Murray and it was it was Kyler Murray. Uh, Jack made the trade with him, giving up Kyler Murray and Carry on Johnson for Odell and Carson Wentz. Yes. So, so um, I think I, I texted you and said, oh, I think Carson Wentz is, is better than Kyler Murray. But I actually – I'm going back on that. I think actually Kyler Murray um, could end up being the higher-scoring quarterback um, for the rest of the season. And, you know, the one reason why I say that is just Carson Wentz does get injured pretty consistently. And um, there's not been a whole – like his protection hasn't been fantastic by any means. Um, the Eagles look like they certainly have some problems on that offense still that they need to iron out. I think they can eventually, but hopefully it's not too late and Carson Wentz doesn't get hurt by any means. So, um, Kyler Murray, I think he has that rushing ability. I think he's, uh, ends up being the better quarterback in this scenario. And, um, you know, we've seen it with these Browns games. There's been so many Browns games on primetime, like Brown's offense just can't figure it out right now. So Odell is not the necessarily the most reliable uh, player. You're never going to bench him. But, again, he could still have some rough riding here for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I, I still think Carson Wentz is greater than Kyler Murray. Um, I would prefer to have Carson Wentz. He's further ahead in real life. But from a fantasy perspective, I think Kyler Murray close. can outscore him. He could. That's the thing. He could. But he's also – Carson Wentz is on a better team than Kyler Murray and a team that doesn't have a defense. Arizona doesn't either, but when Patrick Peterson comes back, that's going to, that, that could change things a little bit. So I, I feel like Carson Wentz is going to be the higher scoring quarterback end of season. Um, we'll see. Essentially, we'll see. We, we, again, I think you underestimate Kyler Murray's rushing ability though. Like he's, he can easily, easily put up 30, 40 rushing yards and, um, two touchdowns a game with another 200-plus passing yards or even more. Yeah, and Carson Wentz routinely goes over 300 passing yards, uh, like three touchdowns a game usually, possibly more. I mean, I, Carson Wentz, it, that's just the guy I would prefer to have, um, which you and I are clearly torn on who's the better player here between I'm the not two. saying – no, Carson Wentz currently is the better player. I'm just saying I think that Kyler Murray, there's a chance that he could outscore him with fantasy points for the rest of the season. So then basically this comes down to swapping Odell Beckham for on Johnson. Uh, uh, personally, yes. Yeah, I, I think so because you, you can make an argument between Kyler Murray and Carson Wentz. Karrion cool. Johnson, I think I, I don't know. I mean, he's a running back. Running backs are hard to come by. He's an RB2. He's supposed to get volume. So – I don't mind having carry on over Odell. Yeah, this this on paper when this first came out, this trade, it, it seemed ridiculously one-sided um, because I don't think we were putting everything into perspective. Right. We, we, we looked at Jack's team and we saw this team that was trading. Carry on Johnson was never going to start for Jack um, based on a trade he made earlier in the day, which we'll go over. <laughs> but carry on was an unplayable player on his team. So basically, he swapped Kyler Murray, or he swapped, yeah, Kyler Murray for Carson Wentz and Odell Beckham, which to us was just absurd. Yeah, yeah. But we did what reasonable people reasonable people should do and look at the rosters and see why it makes sense for each team, and it made sense because Andres was pissed poor at running back. 
So he needed someone like carry on to come help his team out and giving up Odell, that super inconsistent players thus far, um, doesn't seem like such a bad move. So let's talk about the trade that you just alluded to here. The one earlier in the day where Jack ended up getting, um, what is this Lennon here? He ended yep. up getting James Connor for Colt McCoy and Miles Sanders. So in, in my opinion, personally, I think Lennon made a horrible move here. Um, I still think James Connor has plenty of value. Uh, and I, I don't even think Colt McCoy, even though he's a quarterback, you can, I, I mean, there, there might not, there's not really any long-term value there. Cause I think they're going to bring Haskins back towards the end of the season. Uh, yeah. Case Keenum starting this week. Yeah. So, well, and that's the thing. Like it's, there's three guys, you know, like Colt McCoy, there might be a chance at some point here in the future, you know, maybe three or four weeks down the road, they're still not ready to bring in Haskins. Keenan's been completely awful, whatever. Um, I mean, but, this, this isn't about Colt McCoy. No, it's um, not. No. <laughs> yes. It, because his quarterbacks, Lennon, who received Colt McCoy, he, had, he has Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. Um, so this was a straight swap of Miles Sanders to James Conner. Which is, uh, I don't, I mean, that's Which, just, which is absurd. Yeah. It, this is like, and, and th- this is the definition of collusion. Uh, it it is like is it not like that is like either this is Lennon throwing in the towel and say here take my first round draft pick yeah like is the commissioner if you haven't like reached out and questioned this then you're not doing your job yeah this this is the one trade um that I I I personally am just like I can't wrap my head around I don't I I really can't make an argument for Colt McCoy or Miles Sanders for James Conner and any capacity. I mean, Miles Sanders, yes, there's a little bit of value there. Um, but in a league like this, he, you can't even really play him because he, you know, shares the volume here with Jordan Howard. He gets vultured touchdowns, you know, the goal line by him. You have Darren Sproles that also gets worked into the mix. Like, it's there's so many mouths to feed in that Eagles offense, and they spread it around so much. It's kind of like the Bears, too, where um, you just can't really rely on a whole lot of players in that offense. So no. um, I, I, I can't figure this one out, and it's pretty pretty lopsided to me here. I, and I, I personally don't think it's reasonable. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Um, this is one where the other three tra- – I think there were four trades that happened in that same day. The other three we could make a case for, even though they could seem lopsided in one side or the other. This one, you, you can't. It's a straight swap of running backs – from a team that's one and four trading to a four and one, it, it seems like he's thrown in the towel saying literally just giving him his best player. Um, but I don't know how that can stand, but there's no trades vetoed in this league. And so be it. Uh, you know, fantasy football is a weird way of working things out. All right, moving on here. Joe Mixon and George Kittle for Tyler Boyd and Sony Michelle. Who are you taking? Yes. Which side are you taking there? Uh, I I would – I don't know. Um, this was a weird one because this is between Nate, who is 5-0, and and Andres, again, who's 1-4. and And Andres had Kittle and Mixon and gave them up for Boyd and Sonny Michelle. 
So he's replacing Odell, who he gave up earlier that day with Tyler Boyd. And then he is now filling, he's replacing Joe Mixon, who was his RB1 with Sony Michelle, um, and dumping George Kill in the process, which yeah. I get that because it sucks to have to stream tight ends, but it's doable. Um, I, I so, honestly don't get really get this one either. Um, I don't think it was the smartest move um, it, for either side. Because if you go and look at Nate's team, Nate had Darren Waller and Vance McDonald and still made this trade for Kittle. So I don't know why he would do this. Exactly. Well, it's just he's, he's, he's building assets. So if he wants to make a move, you know, moving forward, he was probably offered this, I'm assuming. Um, and he was like, okay, sure, why not? So – um, I don't know. I mean, George, I mean, George Kittle, he's one of the few tight ends that you can rely on. He, I mean, he's, he's right up there. Um, he's going to get the volume and uh, I mean, Joe Mixon, like his, his, his floor is Sony Michelle's ceiling here. Yeah. You yeah. know, like if Joe Mixon underperforms the rest of the year, it's going to be the same amount of points that Sony Michelle does if he overperforms. So um, it's a downgrade, in my opinion, despite how bad the Bengals, you know, really are just because of Joe Mixon, you know, he's going to get he's going to get his work and he's going to get his usage here. So um, Sony Michelle has looked better here with that being said, but I don't know. I can't wrap my head around this one either. No, I think Andres felt too much of a void on his team after giving up Odell and wanted to go for that high end wide receiver too that Tyler Boyd is, but I also think he's overvaluing Sonny Michelle. The Patriot you don't want anything to do with the Patriots backfield. Uh, they prove it time and time again. They proved it last night. Um, yeah, this this one this one was kind of the towel throw, <laughs> in, in my <laughs> opinion, yeah. for uh, for Andres here. So I, this was a I bad feel, one. I feel like this was him throwing in the towel without realizing he's throwing in the towel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> and then you also have was that it? Yeah, I think that was it as far as trades go right and then just some free agency stuff so right which the big thing to note with the free agency is so andres got rid of kittle and then immediately spent 50 dollars of his fab on gerald <laughs> and chris herndon so i 50 dollars is ridiculous but he just did what he could to fill that void that he gave up with kittle as best as possible which i i do like that mood by him um to do that but, Didn't need to spend that much money. No, no, no. Gerald Everett, he probably could have gotten for ten bucks. So, um, but yeah, I, I see what he was doing there, and it makes sense. All right, so let's we t- went on quite a bit of tangent there, but I think it was something certainly to be uh, covered. Um, let's go back into. Um, I think we left off here with Kuhar and Andres, and yes. we'll go right into. I just pulled up the wrong week here. Let's jump into uh, Caleb and Dennison. Yeah, was that the, what was that, 148 to 131? Yep. Dennison uh, got the victory over Caleb. Caleb's team, though, mind you, post-trade with me, is looking a lot more competitive than it has. (laughs) Um he had Stephon Diggs in his lineup, who's been a disappointment with 7.4, but Hardman, 11.3, and 
And I also gave him Eckler, who had a 22.3 game after catching a whopping 15 passes. He's not going away, people. He's, he's not. He's, he's going to be uh, in that backfield for the rest of the season. He's going to split the time with Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry to Melvin Gordon owners. I think oh. that the only thing that could change here now is if someone gets injured. Um, Eckler yeah. is kind of a little suspect to injury, so there's always – um, a slight chance that could happen, but uh, while he's healthy, and you know, again, you can't bet on injury or know if it's going to happen or not. Um, he's looking like a serious RB two, high end RB two, and a full PPR. So Austin Eckler, you can continue to play him until you see any kind of change in, in usage between those guys. But I don't really see them changing that uh, too much here. I would say the only only thing that could deter that is if they continue losing because they're not really having a fantastic start to the season by any means. No. uh, This is the first time I really noticed Phillip looking old. You know what I mean? He doesn't look competitive anymore. He's starting to look a little little washed up here. Um, I want to watch more Chargers games because I haven't really watched a whole lot of them this year if really any at all. So um, I, I do want to go back and look a little bit, but I, I agree. He's, you know, just in, in the in the limited footage I've seen, it's it's there's a doesn't have that um, pinpoint uh, accuracy, and he's not, you know, flicking it as as hard anymore. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about his flicking later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And Aaron Jones, though, how about Aaron Jones here for Denison? The most unprecedented explosion of a player I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) No one ever saw that coming. Uh, Aaron Jones blowing up like that is just astounding. And really, that's what got Denison the victory here over Caleb. Because looking at his team, Denison's team was very average, if not below average. While Caleb had a lot of guys perform above expectations yeah yeah i mean caleb certainly was competitive and you know gave dennison a scare um but i mean james white yeah he's gonna get he's gonna get his catches out of the backfield caleb's basically got two guys that are just gonna catch a bunch of like they're they're like five plus catches a week every single week so um but they're not like full-time back so you look at his receiving core it's really not that fantastic still um I don't really see him, his team going that far here. No, he's he's got to hope for a turnaround from Stephon Diggs, really, um, which I feel like is coming. And once that happens, I, I feel like he's going to be a good bit more competitive. He needs to pick up a decent wide receiver three off the waiver wire because rolling out Paul Richardson and Nicole Hardman every week isn't going to work well for him. Yeah, I think but, I think he's got to play two quarterbacks still. Like he doesn't have enough depth, but I think he should consider Damian Williams over one of those two other guys on a week to week basis, matchup to matchup basis. So um, it's gonna be interesting to see what he does with Damian Williams, or if he just lets him ride the bench here. But I, I think there's better better days ahead here for Damian Williams. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell if it's going to be a Damian Williams show or a LaShawn McCoy, but um, I, I don't know. Eventually, it'll figure itself out. I personally thought Damian Williams. I think he he did out snap the other the other backs here. So, um, 
I, I think just because of, you know, him being on the field the most out of all the other backs, um, that bodes well here for him in the future. So um, let's move on here. So I, I do want to hit back on Dennison's team when we get to uh, to his preview here because it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him here for the rest of the year. Yes. So let's, let's move forward to Nate versus the commissioner, Jimmy Costin. This was a crazy matchup. Crazy. Absolute shootout. Jimmy puts up 178 points and loses to Nate's 195. And this is just like both of them really deserve to win this game. It sucks that Jimmy had to lose and not only lose, but drop to under 500 because um, his team is pretty scary. Yeah, his team is terrifying, honestly. Um, (laughs) His only weakness is his QB2 which he currently has Gardner Minshew in after he made that trade with you after we spoke last podcast about you two making a trade. Um, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, Russell we didn't Wilson. even talk about that one, but uh, that, was, no. that was like right after the, that was right before the, uh, the game that week. Um, yeah. I mean, look, so Gar- Gardner Minshew, he put up 21 points at least for this game. Yeah. So you traded Gardner Minshew to Jimmy for Sammy Watkins and Calvin Ridley. Uh, I traded Randall Cobb, too. But yeah. Oh, you gave him Cobb, too. Okay, so basically you traded Gardner Minshew for <laughs> Calvin Ridley and Sammy Watkins. That is a steal. I thought it was uh, good, a, a good way for me to build depth. But, I mean, hey, look, at the end of the day, like, quarterbacks are valuable in this league. And, um, you know, Minshew, I mean, what, he put up, like, 330 yards? He put up 21 points and. He has no one on his bench that scored more than that. You know, if he still had Ridley and played Ridley in his OP spot, he still would have lost two points. And then if he would have, you know, played Watkins like I did, like there's a chance that instead of playing Cortland Sutton, um, he played someone like Watkins. So um, just because of that injury news and because of him playing on Sunday night. So I don't know, man. I think – you know, in general, I, I thought it was a good move on both sides, but I do feel like I was able to add more value uh, with my receivers here. Absolutely. I, I agree you came out on top, but it was a new move that be, needed to be made by both sides. I think uh, that Jimmy gave up more than what he needed to to get Gardner Minshew, but regardless, Paid off he had him. depth at wide receiver and you had depth at quarterback. I mean, look, like, there's nothing wrong with Jimmy's team. He just put up 178 points. He just got unlucky this week playing Nate, who just, right. uh, let's talk about that, completely went off. I mean, do we see, like, Nate's receivers, Amari Cooper, Tyler Boyd, or Allen Robinson, you know, these are guys that I don't think anyone saw putting up 30, 40 point. We, besides Amari Cooper, I didn't really, I thought Tyler Boyd was going to be decent, but I, I, I wasn't seeing 28 point games here. And Allen Al- Al Robinson, for that for that matter, as well. Yeah, his his team went off, absolutely went off. But like we spoke about a minute ago, this team looks a little bit different now than what it did back when this matchup took place. Yeah, uh, I I honestly think he might have hurt himself a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Let we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but I, I do just want to hit on the recap and, and Alan Robinson is one guy that, um, personally for me, I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of, I gotta say over these last couple of weeks here, um, I think he's finally sold me after all these years. 
So I think he he's he's probably the in my opinion the one player on that Chicago offense that you can rely on from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, the only one. <laughs> I, he, 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 I think he personally, I think he's taken a leap over this past year, um, and he's established himself as a top tier talent in this league. Yeah, this sucks for me. I drafted Allen Robinson with that expectation, and due to the Andrew Luck retirement. I had to make that move to acquire Jacoby Brissett and Andy Dalton. So I traded Allen Robinson, and Ugh. now I get to watch him blow up. Did Brissett and Dalton combine for the same amount of points as Allen Robinson this week? <laughs> uh, I think it might be dead even. It might I, be I pretty one close. More, so, one more point. <laughs> so just just remember that. Uh that might have been that would that might have been a big loss for you at the end of the at the beginning of this year. Um, and it's all Andrew Luck's fault. It is. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> post post draft day situations like that are ridiculous. How about the benching of Josh Jacobs here? Nate loves Sony Michelle. He's been obsessed with him since Sony was in college. He drafted him last season as well as this season. Clearly, um, not enough because he's not on his team anymore. Well, I think that's because he has so much ownership of him. <laughs> he has him across other leagues as well. So um, dispersing, I think that I think him trading Sony Michelle was a case of just diversifying the portfolio. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So and it was a good move, and he's still got Josh Jacobs and now Joe Mixon. So I don't, I don't even know what he's going to do with all the. I guess he would play and play one of those guys in his OP spot every week. Um, yeah, because Josh Allen is is not very reliable um he's still worth a lot more than a lot of running backs but uh when you have those three guys you know there's a case between to be made between Mixon and josh allen in your op spot and your super flex yeah and depending on matchup i mean i'd put the same thing on josh jacobs as well uh i actually i don't know I'm, i think i'm coming around to josh jacobs too and um I guess we'll see, but I I kind of am starting to lean more towards Jacobs over Mixon, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, well, I, I agree with that. I'm just not over Josh Allen, in my opinion. It would depend on the matchup. Um, looking at Josh Jacobs' season, 24.3 in week one, then 9.9, 4.4, 12.8, 29.3. Yeah. He's kind of he, – he has these serious blow-up games, but – it seems like the type of thing where you're not sure when it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. so we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, again, that was an interesting move. Look at Jimmy's team real quick. And uh, just the one thing that sticks out to me is um, uh, before we go to this next matchup is Marlon Mack and Marlon Mack, you know, we all know he's a good player, but if you watch that game, like not only did they dominate the chiefs run defense, which is, you know they're they're not the the best run defense by any means. They're probably one of the worst in the league. Um, yeah. But Marlon Mack, he is him and Le'Veon Bell, in my opinion, are like the same kind of runners. They just they're super patient. But then once they see um, once they see an opening between their linemen, they they can get there quickly and then move to the next level, which is you know really special for those guys to be able to do and have that ball carrier vision as well. So. Um, Marlon Mack is like, you know, RB1 material, and he's got Zeke Elliott to pair with him. Yeah, the Colts, everything they want to do this season is based around the running game. Um, 
So having it back like Marlon behind the phenomenal offensive line that they have is just glorious. Yeah. Um, you you got to hope he stays healthy, though, because he is a guy who's injury prone. And if he gets hurt, that whole offense is going to feel it. And Jimmy's whole fantasy team looks different because he really doesn't he have no much depth. depth at all. Um, Zero depth. So, you know, he's really got to pray that his entire starting lineup just stays healthy here. I think that's that's probably the biggest weakness. Um, but when it when it is healthy, it's scary because he's also got Russell Wilson paired with Tyler Lockett here. So um, that's a fun matchup to have paired up on your fantasy team for the rest of the season and, and moving forward. So, yeah. And, and speaking of his receivers, Cortland Sutton, man, who would have seen Sutton coming out is a. Every week, wide receiver too. Yeah, I, mean, I, I wouldn't. I would have never thought he would be a weekly start, but at this point, he's really kind of solidified himself in your starting lineup yeah. every week. Um, yeah, he's been balling out. And Austin Hooper is like the best fantasy tight end. So um, across the board, Jimmy's team's looking looking pretty solid, but he needs to stay healthy here. So um, we'll look. Uh, go ahead and look at Tackett and Jack. And Tackett is now two and three. This is probably yes. one of his worst seasons in a couple of years. I can't, I can't really remember honestly. Like when the I last time is. he had like a team that you know, there's a good chance he doesn't make the playoffs this year. I wouldn't go that far, but I think it's funny that he's two and three, and has Christian McCaffrey and DeAndre Hopkins. And and that's well, that's the thing. He's got McCaffrey, who is just. He is going to ball out for the rest of the year, but, you know, he's he's the best fantasy player in fantasy. Um, but DeAndre Hopkins has been quite a disappointment, and he only put up in a full PPR in a, a game where the Texans scored 53 points, 15.8 points in a full PPR. Now, obviously part of that is because, you know, they, they you know, Will Fuller was just – no one no one even knew he was on the field the entire game. Um but still, I mean, he, he really hasn't put up the numbers that you would expect out of DeAndre Hopkins throughout this entire season. No, and there's always a regression to the mean. There Hopkins is, is going to come back around. It's probably going to happen sooner than later. He keeps to himself. That's what makes me like him so much. He's not a guy who talks a lot. Um, but you're crazy if you don't think Deshaun Watson notices that Hopkins isn't getting fed the way he should. Oh, I'm not saying Hopkins is a bad player. He's literally oh, might totally. have been the best uh, receiver, and I think I think that he will come back around. But he so far has had a slow fantasy season, and that attributes to, in my opinion, why Tackett's two and three. So, um, yes. you know, he needs he needs Hopkins to come around quickly and. Um, I think the other other challenge is, you know, in Hilton Jeffrey, you know, Tackett's team, he's going to have weeks where he puts up league high scoring numbers. But I think Hilton and Jeffrey at this point, you know, Hilton's supposed to get the ball more than he did. And, you know, um, I, I would I would expect more volume out of Hilton, I guess, is what I'm saying. And uh, Jeffrey is so up and down just because, you know, simply you don't know what's what you're going to get out of that Eagles offense from week to week. Yeah, the scary thing that we saw with the Colts this week is that they're very run heavy and they're going to stick to it, even if they have matchups that are beatable, which T.Y. easily could have beaten the top off that secondary. But they stuck to their plan because that's what was going to get them the win. I wouldn't say so, easily, but... Yeah, easily, what, easily beat the top off the secondary? I mean, he didn't do that much. 
well, correct, because they ran the ball the whole time. I know, but he still got he, looks. He got the ball. He's a, he's a mismatch. Yeah, and he caught the balls he got. He's a mismatch if you throw deep to him over those guys. He cannot run any of them. I just think that moving forward, it would be a little a little risky. T.Y. is going to be a risky play every week because you don't know if they're going to be able to rely on their run game and just run out the clock or if they're going to have to throw. If they're going to have to throw, T.Y. is going to be an amazing play. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the rest of their schedule, though. I personally think um, – I personally think that, you know, again, like that's that's – like you said earlier, that's the Colts offense. They run the ball, so – um, this is my problem with T.Y. Hilton is he's just not going to get the same number of looks as your top tier receivers and uh, from a fantasy perspective. So, um, you know, I, th- I, I still think it's going to be kind of an up and down season here for Tackett. Yeah. So make sure you start him in uh, week seven and 12 Tackett. <laughs> All right. So um, we'll just take a, I mean, we don't even have to take a look at Jack's team cause it's pretty different too, but um, Chris Goblin had another fantastic game and Kyler Murray putting up 25 points. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see again, what happens with Kyler Murray here. But I, I think that that's actually, um, that it doesn't really change your team much going from Kyler Murray to Carson Wentz. So. Yeah, pretty, pretty similar look. Uh, personally, I mean, how would you feel about this? Instead of moving Murray, moving Jackson, would you do that? Like, would I prefer trading Lamar Jackson over Kyler Murray? Correct. I would rather have Lamar Jackson. In that deal? When you get Carson Wentz back? Um, I think I mean, that's basically Wentz. saying you would prefer – you would. that's basically saying you think Murray is going to put up more points than Jackson. Like, do you think Murray will put up no, more no, no, points no, no, than no. Jackson I, for the okay, rest of the if year? I'm ranking, if I'm ranking the three, I'd go Lamar Jackson, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray. Oh man, I I could put I could see Lamar Jackson finishing third. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying that, um, like you said before, and like we have been saying, players regress to the mean. And Lamar looked pretty un- unstoppable, but he certainly came back down to life as far as the passing game goes. So, um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens moving forward, but. I don't think he's throwing five touchdowns or even three plus every single week, um, you know, for the rest of the season. No, but with Lamar Jackson, it's about his rushing ability. Sure. I mean, oh, he can certainly run the ball. Um, Better than any quarterback. But, I mean, he threw three picks last week. So, and that was against the Steelers, who, in my opinion, doesn't have that great of a defense. He had an absolutely horrible game and still came out with 12 points 11.4 but yeah (laughs) his okay 11.4 his he had 70 rushing yards and 161 passing yards 11.4 points is not especially with those that many rushing attempts that's the thing his floor is so high because of the rushing yeah I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying he's a bad fantasy quarterback. I would be starting him every single week. I'm just saying there's a, there's a case to be made for Kyler Murray. Fair enough. I'm not a Kyler Murray fan. Ah, I love <laughs> Kyler Murray. <laughs> All right, so we'll move what on. What he did today was just wrong. 
Lennon and Carl. So Carl beat Lennon by six points. Super close game here. And, you know, Carl, he's, he's back. He's back in the upper tier of the league. He's four and one after having a really rough year last year. And Lennon is hanging in the usual spot that he does season to season. So, um, (laughs) you know, not much to say about Lennon's team besides good luck. And Carl's team is ridiculous, especially, um, with the way DJ Chark has been playing. I mean, DJ Chark's the real deal, man. I don't know if you've seen any tape of him this year, but he yeah, he's he pretty filthy. So, um, Yeah, I called that in our uh, post-draft podcast. I, yeah, I think you did. Yeah, that was – Denison drafted DD, and I said DJ Chark's the guy to own in Jacksonville. Yep. That's, that was a great call because he's been crushing it, um, and he certainly has – built rapport and chemistry with Gardner, Gardner Minshew, and it's shown he's the fifth-ranked uh, receiver in fantasy right now. So um, him and Michael Thomas are pretty pretty awesome. But, you know, Carl does have some weaknesses here with his running game between Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay. I, I think he has some serious weaknesses, and Carl Carl's going to be a team that comes in hot, gets into the playoffs, and is out in the first round. Because <laughs> um, he does. He has – I think Melvin Gordon is more of a high-end RB2 this year due to the fact he's splitting with Eckler. And Philip Lindsay, I mean, we've talked about this before. I like Royce Freeman a lot. So I don't feel comfortable with Lindsay. And then his quarterback situation is Philip Rivers and Matt Stafford. Um, he should trade his tight ends. That made me pretty uncomfortable. He should trade his tight ends, in my, I mean, or at least one of them. Yeah. Um I don't really I don't really have a I mean Will Disley is pretty awesome. He's going to get that. He's getting the volume like which is crazy. I didn't even know who Will Disley was at the beginning of this year, but um Will Disley and Zach Ertz great fantasy tight ends. A lot of people could use them and um you get some sort of quarterback back for one of those guys for sure. Definitely. Definitely. He should definitely move one of those two. That makes a heck of a lot more sense. Um, all right, so let's go into previews here. So um, just looking ahead to week six. And week six, um, we'll go into the one, the game that's already had the most action, and that looks like it's uh, Caleb and, and Kuhar. <laughs> all right. So Kuhar's got Tom the- Brady, right? Yes, he does. So Tom Brady balled out uh, last night, got two rushing touchdowns. He actually leads the league in rushing touchdowns right now um, at 40. What is he, 41, 42? I think he's 41 years old. Oh, my gosh, man. Forty Over 40 years old and still doing what he's doing. He passed Peyton Manning on the all-time passing yards list. So really just – I mean, he looks <laughs> – the best ever, like the best he's ever been. So, I disagree. Oh come on! I mean, as a passer, he has not looked good. Oh, he missed one. He missed one throw last night, and it was because I don't know if you saw, but that game was incredibly windy, and the ball just sailed on him when it. But like besides that, man, like he just he threw for three hundred and thirty-four yards and scored two touchdowns, like against a shit poor team again. All they feasted on the Patriots. They only been facing lesser competition like terrible 
terrible teams. They do have a weak schedule year to year because their division is just so bad every single year. Like, you can't get worse than the the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Like, nope. It's literally like <laughs> ideal scenario for the Patriots every single year for the past twenty years. So absurd. Uh, it's not fair to the rest of the league. It's really not. Like all three of those teams, just awful. So, um, but James White did put up a decent game here for Caleb. It looks like he's sticking with James White and Austin Eakler. And oh, he's got Damian Williams in his OP spot. So it looks like he's going to be playing him as well. Interesting. Okay. Um, I think it makes. Yeah, I mean, would, Chase Daniel's on a buy anyways, but I would. So I would even consider him over Chase Daniel and Derek Carr for that matter right now. So, um, he'll, I guess he'll see how this plays out here for his team, and if it works, maybe he sticks with it. I can't believe he's still using Paul Richardson. It blows my mind. Like I. <laughs> um, but who? Uh, I mean, Chris Conley. You gonna play him over? So like, uh, he could find a better player on the waiver wire. I would. I mean, he picked up Byron Pring- Pringle, but, like, uh, I mean, clearly that's just, like, a scoreboard-watching move, like, um, and Marquise Goodwin, you know, um, Marquise Goodwin, I can see playing him, so, or someone off the waivers, so, um, I don't know, man, drop Chris Conley. <laughs> <laughs> he should pick up Devontae Parker. Yeah, see how that works out here for you, so... I'm serious, man. I would rather have Devontae Parker than Paul Richardson. All right. Um, so I, th- I think this game is pretty, um, in my opinion, pretty easy. I think Kuhar wins this game. Yeah, after the start from Tom Brady, I think Kuhar's definitely got a, uh, a high-level advantage. But he it's... has Ronald Jones and LaShawn McCoy in his starting lineup right now. LaShawn McCoy is where it's at because either Shady goes off or Damian Williams, and I think whichever one of those goes off could lead to victory for the other team. Oh, man. So it's going to be interesting. It's it's like a head-to-head kind of thing there. Um, I'm leaning, obviously, Damian Williams. It sounds like you're leaning LaShawn McCoy. Yep. I like LaShawn McCoy a lot. All right. So we'll have to talk about that here for next week. Um Moving on to the next matchup, we can go Jamal ahead. Ronald Jones is a beast, by the way. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No. No. Oh. Absolutely not. Solid RB2. Okay. Let's see what happens here against Carolina this week. I don't think he's going to do well. All right. We'll see what happens. Solid RB2. My ass. <laughs> I'm serious, man. They're, they're limiting Peyton Barber more and more every week because Ronald Jones is so explosive. Hmm. I'm not sold on Ronald Jones by any means. So, all right, you need to watch some Tampa Bay games. I have, and it, it wasn't impressive. Okay, all right. Well, where's your talent evaluation at? The only impressive game was the Rams. So, Andres and Jimmy. So we'll just move on here. We got yeah, Sony Michelle and shit. Poor analysis. Okay, <laughs> okay. Sony Michelle oh. and Julian Edelman. Can we first talk? Andres changed his team name to Patriots Fan Club and then his team picture to a shirtless Tom Brady. It looks like a modeling photo. <laughs> and like, is he trying to express he's gay even more? I think he's just uh, basically saying that he is just going to try and ride the Patriots as much as possible here for this year. And well, I don't mind with it. All two, of, all two of them, Michelle and Edelman. Well, I mean, those guys aren't terrible to rely on. So. 
know, he's going to vulture touchdowns from him, but you just have to know that going in with Michelle, like, you can't expect him to be an RB1 because he's just going to get he's gonna get the full share. But um, I think he's a solid RB2. Sonny Michelle. Yeah, solid RB2. Ronald Jones over Sonny Michelle. Absolutely not. Sonny Michelle. Ronald Jones. Okay, that's that's just that's comical to me. <laughs> it's my bold prediction, man. Ronald Jones finishes rest of season. Ronald Jones has more points than Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle purely because the Patriots are just going to continue to dominate that division and beat up on all of those shitty teams. So they will, and Brandon Bolden will continue to see his work. <laughs> and Ronald Jones will probably forget his playbook next week. So, um, wow. all right, wow. You, I mean, you don't remember that? Yeah, I remember that. It's just, come on now. Don't bring up sore wounds. Oh, I'm just saying, like, I don't, don't know, man. Ronald's Get feelings. with it. He could, be, he could be listening to this. All right. Um, Carlos Hyde <laughs> against the Kansas City Chiefs. Do we think he's going to have a good game? Wonderful, wonderful match. Over under 15 fantasy points. Over. For Carlos Hyde. Yep. Oh, man. Um in a full PPR, I don't yep. – um, I'm going to take the under on it. I, I think that he's going to have a good game. I think he could even score a touchdown, but um, he's not going to catch too many balls out of the backfield. So, I don't know. I think he could go for, like, a touchdown and 65, 75 rushing yards, and that doesn't give you 15 fantasy points. I think he rushes for 65 yards, two touchdowns. Okay. <laughs> We'll see. I think I think this is DeAndre Hopkins coming out game though. So I think I, I think I the ball is going in Hopkins' hands here. So I agree with that, but I think this is going to be a final score of like forty-two to thirty-eight. Mm. We'll we'll see what happens. I'm taking the under. Um, who do we think is going to win this matchup here? Jimmy. You got Jimmy. Yes, this team is much more consistent, much more solid than Andres. Um, I'm going to go with Andres here this week. Ooh. Because I think he's gotten off to a good start. Julian Edelman put up 20. He's got 13 out of the show. Um, I think you can see some nice points. And if you get that, if you get Kyler Murray, I don't know if Christian Kirk's going to play, but if Christian Kirk does play and Kyler Murray hits him for a touchdown. Um, I think Andres has a really, really big advantage if that happens here. So, because Tyler Boyd's going to get his, I think he's going to get some work for sure. And Adrian Peterson, I think this is probably one of the few games that uh, Adrian Peterson has a good fantasy day. Uh, on the other side of the matchup, I think Russell Wilson's going to connect with Tyler Lockett for two touchdowns. Uh, is Denzel Ward still going to be out? He is questionable. If Denzel Ward plays, I don't think it happens. So, I think I think that you can still get one touchdown out of uh, the two of them. But um, I'm I'm more worried about the rest of Jimmy's team here. I think Keenan Allen could have, also have a hell of a game. Obviously Zeke, but um, Cortland Sutton. I think this is going to be a down game, and I think it's actually going to be a down game here for Gardner Minshew against the Saints. So, um, I'm going to take Andres in this game. The Arizona Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL at defending the tight end. Austin Hooper has been a top tight end to start the year. This has Austin Hooper blow up written all over it. Well, we'll see what happens because if there's one team that you can 
consistently rely on to be inconsistent, it's the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> the one team to not attack the precise weakness of the opposing team. <laughs> yes, 100%. So, you know, everything looks good on paper, but, like, if it was anyone else, I would be like, oh, yeah, slam dunk. But because it's the Atlanta Falcons, I don't know if I can – I don't know if I can fully rely on it. Like, I, I, I just – you never know what you're going to get out of them from from a week to week basis. They're idiots. Um, it, you know, mainly their offensive coordinator Dirk Cutter is an idiot. Yeah, uh, but I don't know how you miss this one. Arizona has been just a gaping hole at covering tight ends. I mean, if they miss that, then Dirk Cutter should be out that day. <laughs> I hope they hear you. So. Um, let's move on here. We'll go, uh, we'll go into Denison and ChristianMangle.com or .gov. Yeah. He changed it from .com to .gov. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we got Denison attack it and Denison. Well, I don't know what just happened. Something just happened where I exited out of the matchup here. All right. So basically, uh, we're looking at Aaron Jones on Denison's side. Can he repeat a, what was it, 47-point performance? Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones, I don't think he's going to put up another 47-point game. But, I mean, I think he's definitely going to get his share again. So, I think he comes back down to life. Um, I think you can still rely on him for a good 18 points. I, I think you're looking at 15 out of Aaron Jones this week. Yeah, um, I actually think Chris Carson is an underrate rated at 15. I think Chris Carson could be over 20. Um, Especially because like he's more involved in the passing game too this year. So in yes. um, a full PPR, he's even got more value. So um, in Cleveland's defense is just total ass. I, I think it's I think it's so funny um, with uh, with Andres arguing. Uh, Rashad Penny with just how Carson dominated that backfield last year and um, this year he just has even taken more of a more of a role so um, I feel good about I would I could I could see Carson outscoring Aaron Jones and getting 20 for sure yeah yeah but Christian McCaffrey I could see outscoring the two of them combined (laughs) Uh, alone let alone the fact you have Mark Ingram against Cincinnati in a great matchup. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins against the Chiefs. Like, we don't even have to talk about this anymore. I think Tackett wins this game. Yeah, I mean, he's projected to lose, but Kirk Cousins' projection is 13.6 against Philly. Philly is terrible at stopping the pass. But their defensive line is so good. Like Exactly. So they have to throw. Yeah, and... uh, I don't know. I um, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to have an amazing game, but I think he can get you a solid 15 points. I think Kirk Cousins is over 18 points this week. All right. I mean, either way, I think he's going to be right around that range. I, I would take the lower end, but you're not going to play anyone um, on your bench there over him, in my opinion. And I think Dennison's got you know more problems here with – D.D. Westbrook um, going up against the Saints. And Curtis Samuel and Kyle Allen, that's going to be the difference maker in this game because he basically needs Allen to hook up with Samuel and not someone like D.J. Moore. Um, 
Kyle Allen's not necessarily going to be lighting it up by any means. In my opinion, I think Tampa is a solid, not even that great of a secondary to be going up against. They're decent. Um, so I don't think it's going to be – I think they're going through McCaffrey in, in this kind of game. Yeah, and McCaffrey, I mean, when he doesn't run the ball, he gets the ball through the air. Yeah. So everything Kyle Allen does, McCaffrey is rewarded from. There's just not a whole lot of opportunity for Samuel. Dennison needs like a big – kind of like one of those reverse pass plays to then he needs like a trick play for Samuel to have a game. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take tack it here in this one. Same. And we'll move on to Nate and you. Yeah. Um, which first I'd like to point out, I'm facing Nate in this league. I'm also facing him in our triple flex league. And wow. I am also <laughs> facing him in our defensive player league. How does that happen? In three Dude, different leagues. I looked up the odds, and it, it's like 1 to 1,247. Like, wow. <laughs> the odds of facing each other across three leagues at the same time is astounding. And Nate said this happened to him and Andres last year. <laughs> it, it, it happens in fantasy football. I don't know why, but, like, I have, like, uh, some of my other buddies in a few other leagues were, like, I play the same two guys. One of them I always play on like Thanksgiving, and then the other guy I always play on Christmas. Like, it's like the weirdest thing, and That's it's, it's it's always the one guy for each of those holidays. Like they never, it's never switched or anything. It's always this guy for Thanksgiving and that guy for Christmas. So, um, <laughs> kind of weird how that happens too. But I guess it's just kind of a a weird quirk in fantasy football in, in general. So you got yourself a personalized Turkey bowl. There. Exactly. Exactly. So um, looking back at this matchup though, Patriots defense, 28 points in this league that gives Nate a huge advantage over you. Yeah, I'm done. Um, <laughs> their, their competition that they faced is just making them a totally unfair defense to go up against. Yeah. Um, let's, let's just look at this. Week one, they played the Patriots in a total blowout. They had seven points. Then they faced Miami and put up 35. And then the Jets, 14. Buffalo, 23. The Redskins, 15. And now the Giants, 28. And their their schedule continues. The Jets, again, Cleveland, Baltimore, bye week. Philly, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City. That's a terrible stretch. But then they go into week 15, Cincinnati, and then 16 is Buffalo. And I mean, just uh, that's that's the end of the fantasy. You know, that's the playoff. Yeah. So um, that's absurd. It's it's going to be a huge advantage for Nate, you know, considering the rest of his team is also pretty rock solid, although he just downgraded with Joe losing Joe Mixon. So, um, yeah. You know, I th- I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, at the end of the season. But I think in the meantime, Nate's team is looking pretty solid. I think he's going to beat you this week. I think you're the opposite of him in the sense that all of your players are injured. Um, yeah. But you could, if everyone gets healthy theoretically, I think you could certainly come on at the end of the year and, and squeak into the playoffs. If That's you can stay, if you can stay in in it in the meantime for all of you guys to get healthy here. Fortunately, there's so many bad teams in this league that I don't feel too much concerned about making the playoffs. And injuries have destroyed me. I mean, I am on my bench waiting to come back from injury are Devontae Adams, Sterling Shepard, Drew Brees. All extremely, like, throw them in the lineup. You know, um, that my team looks 
a lot more intimidating with those three guys in it. Yeah. I think Shepard, though, I think he does lose some value with Golden Tate back. So um, I'm a little concerned about Shepard's uh, volume here moving forward when he does come back from injury for from this concussion. So with Shepard, then, I'd, I'd really just be deciding based on matchup between him and Jarvis Landry every week. Yeah, I think that's an easy – in my opinion, it's an easier – that's an easy decision. You play Jarvis Landry every single time. He seems to be the the best receiver right now on the Browns. Yeah, and I mean he's Baker's go to. Like, um, he's the guy Baker's been relying on from day one. So he's kind of like his security blanket as well. I think, um, you know, I don't think I think Jarvis Landry is the number one receiver in that that offense just solely because him and Baker have a better better chemistry. They need to stop forcing the ball to Odell because it's not working. It's not. It's they, they just need to use him as a decoy and, and yep. you hit Odell when he's open, but like uh, I'm sorry, man. Like the days of Odell being a wide receiver one fantasy are dwindling. So um, he either needs to really turn it around here or um, or you know, they, they just need to not look his way as much and do what works and, and hit Landry more. Agreed. Agreed. Landry's been a beast when he's gotten the opportunity, and uh, I hope that persists. Uh, but I think that would, if you game plan less around Odell and more about over Landry, that will open up things for Odell down yep. the line. So um, it's a matter of Freddie Kitchens kind of like just being a better coach, and he's kind of on the hot seat right now too. So the Browns are on the verge of a complete implosion here. They are. And, you know, a lot of that does stem as well from focusing on Baker and Odell and not focusing on that running game. Nick Chubb has been phenomenal, and they're not even giving him much of an opportunity. He's the lifeblood of that offense. Yeah. He he really should be the centerpiece, and what they did against the Ravens, they need to just try and duplicate moving forward. So um, they really need to kind of take a – take a piece of that humble pie uh, <laughs> and they need to go ahead and kind of change their identity to more, more of a run high of the offense here. Yes. So um, we'll go into, so where, where are we at here? Cause I actually clicked out. I think, um, Oh, we just need to call who wins this game. Um, but I've got, I've got Nate winning this game. It sounds like you do too. Yeah, getting a 28-point cushion from your defense uh, is pretty nice. Your your lineup looks pretty ugly here this week. Yes. Although, Geronimo and Allison could, could do something here. I don't. I, I wonder if he draws Slay or not. I'm, I'm not sure. If he draws Slay. He's in the slot, so he will not. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I don't think he is. Um, so, we'll see, but I, I don't think there's really any chance that you beat Nate. Um, Jack and Thanks, Lennon. <laughs> What's that? Thanks, Mark. <laughs> I mean, I think it sounds like you agree, right? Yeah, I mean, that. I thought I stood a chance to maybe pull out a miracle before the defense put up 28 points, but now after that, there's there's not really a way. I mean, just some weeks you know. Like, it, this yeah. happened to me a few weeks ago. Like, I was just like, oh, this week is just not going to be my week. And it wasn't. Like, it's just some weeks you know, given – who's playing for who. So we'll look into Jack's matchup here. So he's got David Johnson and James Connor. 
as his RB1 and his RB2. He's got Chris Godwin, Juju, and Odell in his receiver slots. However, could Cooper Cup, Adam Thielen, and Michael Gallup outscore Godwin, Juju, and Odell this week? Um, yes. I personally think there is a world that Cooper Cup, Thielen, and Gallup <laughs> could beat those three. In there is a world. Points. There is a world where that could happen. Um, the issue comes down to Jordan Howard versus James Conner. Yeah, um, this is this is Lennon's problem here, and and he also benched Golden Tate, which I don't blame. Like you, you can't really expect twenty two points out of Golden Tate. That's just unlucky. Um, but he has no like Miles Sanders, right? He just tr- wait, he just traded for Miles Sanders, right? Yep. Yeah. So he traded for Miles Sanders, and he's gonna play Jordan Howard over Miles Sanders. So like. He literally just traded for a problem. He dumped he it was literally a dump of a player. To the team that he's playing. Yep. So um again, lopsided trade to the team you're playing, like it just doesn't really that doesn't really make any sense. Like this 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 is one in my opinion that goes flagged for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's not even playing the player he just acquired. In fact, he's playing the running back from the same team that's not him over him. Yeah. <sighs> um, I don't even know what to say besides just, like, that's doesn't make any sense, but okay. That's, that's like, blatant collusion. So, Jack's team, I think, wins this week. Um but uh, I could see Cup, Thielen, and Gallup outscoring Godwin, Juju, and Odell. There is a world in which that happens. And there is a world that even when you try and collude, you could still end up losing. Uh, yes. Yes, there is. All right. So I think that's it, right? Um, we didn't look at you. Oh, really? Right. Here. Um, all right, so I had a pretty rough start here, but it's with my kicker, so I'm not too hurt about it. But yeah. Mike Nugent, um, I always forget in this league that you get negative points if your kicker does miss a field goal. That kind of sucks, but whatever. And I think the biggest surprise on my end is that I decided to not play Daniel Jones. Um, I mean, that's not really, really, really a surprise. Like, the Patriots defense is just so good, and – uh, rookie quarterback on a short week versus the Patriots who have never lost at home against a rookie quarterback. Um, I was just like, no thanks. <laughs> I benched him. Um, I could play Darnold. I could play Marquise Brown. I could even play Jamison Crowder over, um, I would say, Ridley. But I think I'm just going to go with the guys that I have in this lineup. I think the biggest surprise, though, is the Washington defense. I'm going to try and throw them out there against the Dolphins. I think that ends up being a good move. I could see a defensive touchdown pretty easily. It would be – I mean, like, it, it's a bold move still because of how bad Washington has been. But I just see a world where Adrian Peterson has a good game and they run the ball, play possession, and play good defense. So um, their defense isn't as bad as you would think. They've just been on the field all game, every game, because their offense has been so bad. 
they were ranked a top five defense coming into the year. And those yeah. players that they have have not meshed together at all. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, I think there, there are games where they, these guys can put it together. And I think the Dolphins is, is pretty much that, that one of those teams that you could, you could bet that that happens here. So, yep. If there ever were a day, it'd be that day. You think uh, Carl has a chance here against me? I feel pretty good about my odds right now. Oh, no, not really. Um, You getting Tyreek back improves your team quite a bit. And then Tyreek and Will Fuller being on opposite ends of a shootout is just – actually, you have um, Tyreek. I got Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. You have Devonta Freeman, Will Fuller, and Calvin Ridley. All those those games are projected to be shootouts over fifty points um, yeah. for total Vegas. So I I definitely see you at the upper hand here. I have a lot of players in high pace, high tempo games, uh, and high points point totals. So um, Le'Veon Bell could have a bad game um, against Dallas. I could see I could see like him having like. When I say a bad game for Le'Veon Bell, like 15 points. So, um, you know, but I, I think that I feel like this is one of those few games that maybe the Saints figure out a way to limit DJ Chark. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Carl does in his OP spot here, but um, I'm feeling pretty solid about this uh, this game. I just hope Chris Thompson doesn't just have a Houdini act and pull up a 30 spot here. Yeah, I don't see that happening. I think it's Adrian <laughs> Peterson's week. Um, all right, so I, I'm going to take myself in this matchup. Same. All right, I think that uh, that covers it, right? It does. We'll go and log off.